0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Right, Enjoy the message. To introduce today's message, I want to start out by reading a story from Chicken Soup for the Soul. This is something that I've shared in the past, uh, so you may, this may be familiar to you. Many years ago, when I worked as a volunteer at Stanford Hospital... I got to know a little girl named Liza who was suffering from a rare and serious disease. Her only chance of recovery appeared to be a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother, who had miraculously survived the same disease and had developed the antibodies needed to combat the illness. The doctor explained the situation to her little brother and asked the boy if he would be willing to give his blood to his sister. I saw him hesitate for only a moment before taking a deep breath and saying, yes, I'll do it if it will save Liza. As the transfusion progressed, he lay in bed next to his sister and smiled, as we all did, seeing the color returning to her cheeks. Then his face grew pale and his smile faded. He looked up at the doctor and asked with a trembling voice, will I start to die right away? Being young, the boy had misunderstood the doctor. He thought he was going to have to give her all his blood. Isn't that a sweet story? So this brother loved his sister. Loved his sister so much so that he was willing to give the ultimate sacrifice, which was his life, to save her. See, when you love someone, it's going to take sacrifice. Maybe not that extreme of a sacrifice, but it's going to take Sacrifice. This past week, I had an example of that, though it wasn't again as extreme. My wife Rose and I got up at the same time, and we both kind of rushed down to the workout room at the same time, and both wanted to use the treadmill at the same time. And uh, and Rose, because she loves me so much, she let me use the treadmill and waited and did some other type of exercise. Um, and the, the thing is, is that in life. If you're in a relationship, husband, wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend, or, you know, parent to some children, showing your love sometimes is going to take sacrifice, right? I mean, it's just just what happens in this life. In the Gospel of Mark, Jesus was asked the question, what's the first and greatest commandment? And he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that's what drives the first part of our church's purpose statement, which is to love God, love people, and shine Jesus. So, if we are going to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, it makes sense that it's going to take some sacrifice. There's going to be times when our love for God is going to require us to sacrifice. So today we're going to be talking about the spiritual discipline of fasting. Oh, woo Let me hear you. Woo. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we are, we are excited. I'm actually really excited about this because I know the fruit of fasting. It is so good on the other end. But fasting is one of the ways that we can sacrifice what we want because of our love for God. Fasting is something that is mentioned all throughout Scripture. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 15, Jesus was asked, Why aren't your disciples fasting? And he answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. The point of that Scripture is that while Jesus was with the disciples, he's like, No, we're going to party. We're gonna, we have work to do. We're going to heal people. We're going to teach the gospel. We're not going to fast now. But after I leave, my disciples will fast. And so Jesus died, rose again, went to heaven. And there is an expectation, if we are a follower of Christ, that we will fast. Earlier in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 6, Jesus says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. So he's teaching about how to fast, that you're not supposed to show off when you're doing it. But the key word here is when you fast. Not if you fast, it's when you fast. There is an expectation that as a follower of Jesus, that we will fast. And I will tell you, this is a lost art in our culture today. The early church spent many days and weeks fasting and praying. But this is something that the American church, at least, does not do very much. Fasting, by the way, is typically abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. All right? Abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose, but it really can be sacrificing anything that we typically want to have in our lives. Okay? So that's fasting, is what that is. And I believe that there are huge benefits to fasting. If you just Google benefits to fasting, you'll see there are actually quite a few physical benefits to fasting, but we're going to be talking about the spiritual benefits to fasting today. So hold that thought. We're in a series. Start, starting off today, called withness: seeking connection with our heavenly Father. I know that's not a mistype. That's a new word that I made up. No, I didn't actually make it up. You can Google this uh, um, that means it's true, right? If you can Google it, it actually is true. Um, but there's a definition for it, withness: the state or fact of being close to or connected with someone or something. close association or proximity. So we're starting a new series today called Witness, which is all about being close to God. All right, we're going to spend four weeks and talk about ways that we can be close to God. And fasting is one of those ways that we can be close to God. I like the way that Jensen Franklin, he's a pastor, he says this about fasting. He says, prayer is connection with God. Fasting is disconnecting from the world. So you have prayer where we're seeking connection with God. And fasting is really disconnecting us from what entangles us in the world. I don't know about you, but there are many times when I feel disconnected from God, but very connected with the world. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. But when we pray, it's helpful if we disconnect from the world's influences that are on us. And fasting was, is what really helps us to do that. So in our scripture today, we're going to be in the book of Daniel. Uh, You can turn there if you would like. Daniel is a uh, prophet in the Bible. He's one of the five major prophets. Uh, It's the last book of the five major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And it's about three quarters of the way through your Bible. If you have a paper Bible, also we'll have the scripture up on the screen. And you can uh, follow along on your smart device if you would like. So, this is, uh, we're going to be in chapter 10, and this is where Daniel is receiving a vision. He has a, he has a prayer request from God. He wants to know the direction of the children of Israel, and then uh, he sees a vision in response. So, we'll be in chapter 10, starting with verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Skipping down to verse 10. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, Consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So today's message is titled, Fasting, Sacrificing Comfort for Connection. And it's a message about how when we fast, we have an opportunity to connect with God. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple of points you can fill in on your handout. But if you would, pray with me as I pray for the message. So Father, I come to you right now and I thank you for your word that is true, that gives us direction, that gives us guidance, Father. And I pray today that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive from you. We invite your Holy Spirit to just have your way in this place today. And Lord, I do pray that you would give me your words to speak. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can fill this in on your handout. A couple of benefits to fasting. We should all consider fasting because, number one, it brings us heavenly help. It brings us heavenly help. Going back and rereading verses 12 through 13. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So in this scripture, Daniel is praying and seeking God for guidance, all right, for his people. He wants to know the direction for his people. And so he begins to pray and to fast. And on day one, God hears his prayer and sends a messenger angel to deliver the message. So we don't know who the messenger angel is. It's it's not named, but Gabriel is one of the archangels that was uh, often delivering messages. So it could have been Gabriel. But this messenger angel is on his way and he gets stopped by the, the prince of the Persian kingdom. All right? So there's a battle going on, gets stopped and is kind of like held up for the next 21 days. Daniel continues to pray and to fast, and I believe in response to that the angel Michael, which is a warring angel, shows up. And then frees the prince of the or I'm sorry, the, the angel the, the messenger angel that is tied up by the prince of the Persian kingdom and is able to go and deliver the message. All right, that sounds like a movie script, doesn't it? Right, I mean, it sounds a little bit crazy, but it's true. There is an unseen world, even if we can't see it, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There is an unseen world, it's full of angels, it's full of demons, full of principalities and powers and authorities, and there is a war going on. for our souls. And when we pray, and when we fast, we add fasting to our prayer, it makes a difference in the heavenlies. It changes things in the unseen world. In the Old Testament, there's another story of the prophet Ezra. And he is getting ready to leave the, the area of Babylon and move back to Jerusalem. And he's going to take the remnant of Israel with them, and he begins to pray and to fast. He actually calls out uh, uh, an all-area fast for the children of Israel. Let me read this. This is Ezra chapter eight, verses uh, twenty-one through twenty-three. There, by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask Him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from enemies on the road because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him, but his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. So again, if you think through this situation, Ezra has gotten permission to go back to Jerusalem, but and to take the children of Israel with them. But it's a dangerous journey. You know, it's the kind of journey where there's robbers and, and animals that might attack. And so it makes sense to ask, hey, would you send some soldiers to just protect us? But he had already kind of put his foot in his mouth by saying, well, God will protect us. And then he's like, oh, you're going to let us go. Man, it's a dangerous journey. Oh, we better pray. We better pray. And not only that, we better fast. So they prayed and they fasted for protection on this journey and God answered their prayer. Now all throughout Scripture, there are examples after examples of people fasting and praying. Jesus fasted and prayed. King David fasted and prayed. The entire city of Nineveh fasted and prayed. There are many examples of people adding fasting to their prayers for the purpose of moving the heavenlies. So here's a question for you today. If you are in a desperate situation, what are you doing? Are you praying about it? Which I hope you will. And I hope that you would actually come up front and let the the prayer team pray with you because it's helpful to have people join you in prayer. But have you fasted about it? I mean, for some of us, there may be situations that we've been praying about for for days, maybe weeks, maybe months, maybe even years. But my encouragement to you is if you're desperate, if you're truly desperate, add fasting to your prayer. Add fasting to your prayer. You can write this down on your handout. When our situation is scary, fasting is dialing Heaven's 911. Praying and fasting. It gets God's attention. It gets God's attention. So that's point number one. We should all consider fasting because it brings us heavenly help. And then number two, we should all consider fasting because it brings us crucial clarity. Crucial clarity. In verse 14, the angel says, Now I, I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future. For the vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel is, is seeking direction. And he's praying and he's fasting. And the angel reveals that plan to him. Now I don't know about you, but I, I always want to know what God's plan is for my life. And I, I'm like, God, what, what do we do next? Where do I go now? When is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? I'm always asking God, God, what's next? Tell me where it's, it's going to happen. What's going to happen? Where are things are going to come from. And the reality is, is that sometimes God will reveal his plan to us. Sometimes he won't because it's maybe too much for us to handle. But many times God does want to reveal his plan to us. Prayer and fasting is a way that we can seek God's plan and seek his direction. Last year, my daughter, Anna, and her husband, Nate, uh, they had a a feeling that God was calling them to something else. They were both working at a a local church nearby, and um, they were feeling God was calling them to do something different. They didn't know what, and so they began to pray about it, and not, not only that, but they took time to fast and pray. And over time, God revealed to them the plan and direction for their life. It was through... A series of circumstances, they ended up in Anaheim, California, at the Anaheim Vineyard Church. And uh, they're both going to discipleship school there, and uh, things have been going pretty well for them. Rose and I just had the the privilege of being able to fly out there and visit them. We were also at a conference as well, but we got to see them for a couple of days. Spend time with them, meet their friends, uh, also go to their church, get to know where they're worshiping. And I'll tell you what, it is the perfect place for them to be. And as their father, you know, when they were trying to figure out what to do and where to go, I gave them some advice, but I didn't know anything about a discipleship school in Anaheim, that that would be the perfect place for them. I thought Lighthouse Vineyard Church was the perfect place for them. But it wouldn't have been. You know. Worldly wisdom can only go so far. God sees things and understands things that we could never come up with. We need His planning. We need His direction. And when we seek it with prayer and fasting, God will many, many times reveal His direction for us. A couple years ago, Rose and I were feeling very similar. Like God was calling us to do something different. I've been at this church for 21 years, been on staff for 11 years, and I felt like God was calling us to do something different. So we took time, and we actually fasted for three days, and, and soon after that, right, actually right after those, that three-day fast, God revealed again and again and again and again that we were supposed to start this church in Elkhart. And that was a scary thing, to leave our church home, to leave friends, to leave a job, and to start all over in Elkar, but it was exactly what God had planned for us, and it was through prayer and fasting that that plan was confirmed in each of us together. You can write. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't write it down yet. In Jeremiah 29:13, it says, "You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you," declares the Lord. Sometimes we. We seek God. But there's that question of, are we seeking God with everything? And I would say, if, if you've been praying and not seeing an answer, that next step, that, next, that level up is to start adding fasting to your prayer. I mean, that's part of seeking God with all your heart. So you write this down. When in doubt, try the fasting route. All right? If you have any doubts, if you're unsure, if you're unclear, pray and then add fasting to your prayer. All right, that's point number two. We should all consider fasting because it brings us crucial clarity. All right, so as the lead pastor of Lighthouse, I just want you guys to know I'm declaring a corporate fast, (laughs) okay? We as a church are going to be doing a fast this year for the first time. Now, again, we're only a year and a half old, so there's a lot of things that are for the first time. But uh, we are going to be doing a fast. And um, so it's going to start on February 1st through the 21st. It's going to be a 21-day fast. And I'm going to have the ushers go ahead and come on down and hand out fasting commitment cards. Now, if you're new, if you're just visiting the church Uh, Don't feel any pressure to to join us in this, but you are welcome to, just so you know. Everyone is welcome to join us in this. But there are three options, three different ways that you can participate in this fast. And so on the card, we have an example of the card up here. You guys can see it. I think we have a, there we go. Um, It's a place for you to put your name, email, phone number, all right? And then there's three different options of different ways that you can participate in the fast. The first way is called a complete fast. A complete fast means that you are fasting completely from food. All right? So you're not eating any food. And what I would ask is that if you consider Lighthouse, your church, home, that you would seriously consider a one-day fast. Sometime during that 21-day period that you would consider, I'm going to fast and pray one of those days. All right? Now what that can look like? That can look like you fast the entire waking day, like for me, I'm fasting on Tuesdays. So that means that on Tuesdays I just won't be eating, okay? Just not on Tuesdays. I'll I'll eat on Monday and then I'll have breakfast on Wednesday, but I won't eat on Tuesdays. Now other people might do what is more traditional in the in the Hebrew world, which is a 24-hour fast, meaning they fast from Sundown to sundown. So, like they would have their last meal right before sundown on Monday, and then they wouldn't eat again until the sun is down on Tuesday. That's a 24 hour fast. Either way, I would love it if you would seriously consider fasting for a day during this 21 day period. We actually have a fasting calendar out there, and it's an opportunity for you to write your name on what day that you're planning on fasting. And if you write your name down on the card and on the calendar, we will make sure to be praying for you during that time, okay? So if you have never fasted before, this is a great first step. Now, if you have some physical conditions or emotional conditions that might make this a challenge, uh, consult with your physician uh, before doing this. But most people can actually do this. My first complete fast was a five-day fast. I wouldn't advise that to anyone, that you would start out like that. But I felt like uh, I needed to fast and pray for my friend who was having a brain tumor removed. So we started praying and fasting on Monday. He had surgery on Friday. And uh, we were praying for complete healing um, or that God would have a very successful surgery. Well, he didn't have the The tumor was still there on Friday. We were hoping it wouldn't be there. But when they removed it, it was a very successful surgery, and on Sunday, he beat me in a game of pig playing basketball, a guy who just had brain surgery. It was a remarkable recovery. So that's a complete fast. Now, if you've fasted a day before, then you may consider fasting a couple of days or three days, something like that. I'm not envisioning that anyone here is going to be fasting for 21 days. If you are considering that, talk to me first. (laughs) We should really seek God on that and definitely talk to your physician. All right, so a complete fast, picking a day during the 21 days. The second option here is doing a Daniel fast. This is much like what the prophet Daniel did in chapter 10 that we read. He didn't have any meat for 21 days. So a Daniel fast is eating just fruits and vegetables for 21 days. Okay, We actually have a handout out there. You can Google Daniel Fast that kind of tells you all about it. So you don't eat any meat, you don't eat any cheese, you don't eat any sugar, no bread. It's just fruits and vegetables and nuts for 21 days. Now, God's been working on me about this all-church fast for several months, and uh, um, I've been resisting it a little, but I really feel like God wants us to get, closer to him through this fasting, this time of fasting. And I do believe he wants to bless our church, bless our church body, and bless our community as a result of this fast. So God has been asking me to, to actually do this Daniel fast. So I will be doing that for the 21 days. And, uh, and you guys can be praying for me because this is a challenge. All I really eat is meat and cheese and bread and sugar. So we're taking that completely out of my diet for 21 days. And uh, I actually asked a friend of mine uh, who does like the, the whole 30-day 30, 30 healthy eating thing. I said, I said Are you, do you think I could do this? Because I don't want to stand up in front of the church and say, hey, we're going to do this Daniel fast. So I'm going to do this Daniel fast. And then you guys see me on social media eating a, a hamburger the next day, right? I mean, so this is going to be a difficult thing for me but God may be asking you to join me. There are several people who are joining me in this 21-day fast from what I would say good food (laughs) and left with fruits and vegetables. So that's called the Daniel fast. Um, A lot of people do that. And the cool thing is that's basically what Daniel did and God answered his prayer. So it is a type of fast that is worth doing. And then the, the last option is a comfort fast. So this is fasting something that makes you comfortable. Okay, it could, be, it could be coffee makes you comfortable. It could be caffeine makes you comfortable. It could be snacks, desserts, sugar, any of those kinds of things. Or it could be social media, or your cell phone, or TV, Netflix. Anybody? That's going to be a struggle, right? Netflix. Um, but these are options where it would, if you took those out of your life for 21 days, you would feel uncomfortable. Make sense? It's, it's something that would be difficult for you to take out. It would be a sacrifice for you. And I believe, because there are some people that can't sacrifice food for lots of different reasons. Um, this is a great way of still sacrificing for God. And I believe that He honors that. All right. So that's. That's a comfort fast and you can write down, you know, what you're going to be actually abstaining from during the 21 days, okay? So three different options there for you to join us over the next, from February 1st through the 21st. And then on, I didn't announce this in first service, but on Friday the 21st, we are going to be celebrating breaking the fast um, by having a night of worship here, Holy Spirit night of worship and uh, we'll be taking communion and we're going to have big old rolls yeah and i promise not to eat any of them until we all are together okay and bottles of juice you know it's going to be a great time together to celebrate all that god's done and we'll probably even have opportunity to share a little bit about what god did over the 21 days but i believe that as we sacrifice comfort and food over this next over, over that 21 day period it's an opportunity for us to be closer to god nothing brings me closer quicker to god than fasting i'll just tell you that in all of my years of following christ if i feel away from god i just stop eating <laughs> and usually within you know a few hours for me cuz i love food I start to feel God's presence because we cannot sacrifice anything that God doesn't honor. He honors that when we sacrifice for Him. It's a way of showing our love to Him. Okay, so everybody has that fasting commitment card. We're going to go ahead and have Krista come up here. You guys can remain seated. Um, She's going to sing a song. and you can join her and sing as you like. But I would ask that you would prayerfully consider fasting and what God might be calling you to And you can fill that out during the song. You can turn it in at the welcome center uh, in the offering box. Find an usher just to turn it in. Um, But pray about it during the song and ask God, what are you asking me to do? All right? And again, if you're new or just visiting, don't feel any pressure to join us. This is an opportunity for us to, to really press into what God might be doing. But let me pray. God, I come to you and I pray that you would speak to our hearts and minds. Lord, if we are being called to give up something, Difficult, Lord, I pray that you give us the courage to do it. And Lord, if you're not calling us to something, Lord, I pray that we would know that as well, that we wouldn't feel pressured by the crowd in a sense, Lord. But Lord, I pray that even now as we sing this song, you would speak to us individually. In Jesus' name.